0: The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network. During current restrictions, don't ignore your health concerns. Our expert team is ready to help. Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College Dublin, is on his travels. He's in Canada at the moment. Good morning, Luke.
1: Good morning, Pat. How's it going?
0: It's going very well. Now, tell me what's happening in Canada. You're there for a conference. Is it going on?
1: I am. Not a, well, do you believe The conference was cancelled, Pat, huh? can you believe it? <laughs> but I booked my ticket and I came for two other meetings anyway. So it was a worthwhile journey. I've had two big meetings on COVID over here. And it's been really fascinating. Being in a different country, Pat, it's incredible. Uh, I watched the news last night, a big speech by, there, by the Prime Minister, Trudeau. And it's a bit like our shock, I guess, they're beginning now to prepare for the end of the pandemic in many ways. So the compare and contrast is interesting. One difference, Pat, is they're insisting on N95 masks in schools, for example. And they've issued loads of those masks to school kids. They've also ordered a million doses of Paxlovid, you know, the antiviral drug. So again, mm-hmm. every country is thinking about the, next, the last phase of the pandemic in many ways.
0: Now, you want to mention long COVID because people are trying to understand. Some people get it, some people don't. So what's the science as to how someone might contract it and others not?
1: Yeah, this is the last, apart from new variants, Pat, which of course is our, is our number one concern, long COVID is the other big one. The conference, the, the meeting I was at yesterday, all they talked about was long COVID and there were several experts on that topic. You know, it's a fascination now because obviously it's real. How, how common it is is still uncertain, but it's very clear, Pat, it's, it's a real condition. There was a study in Oxford, for example, I think you spotted as well, actually, uh, brain fog is a key feature, maybe out to nine months actually post-infection. People have trouble concentrating, you know. And then the other big brain breakthrough that was discussed yesterday at the the meeting was they've now got very clear what are called markers of long COVID there's two things in your blood Uh, one is called interferon beta another one's called IL-6 and this is a bit technical but they go up in the blood of people with long COVID you know and that means you can diagnose it probably more accurately and then maybe treat it because if you block those then that will relieve some of those symptoms the other thing to say Pat is the news is quite good it does resolve in most people after about six months which is really great isn't it in other words people haven't got persistent symptoms forever so it's a good sign you know but still it's a concern because omicron has been so widespread you know and so many have got infected with omicron there will be a percent of those will have persistent symptoms in, for, for a few months anyway
0: now the the bad news for the unvaccinated is that um they're more likely to die
1: that's remarkable Pat. i mean a huge study in switzerland uh, one in chile really good data it's as many as a 40-fold increased risk of death if you don't get the vaccine isn't that amazing so now the evidence as ever has been this way for months hasn't it felt as crystal clear and in fact last night on canadian television they dug into the people who won't take the vaccine there was doctor after doctor came on saying you must take the vaccine uh, one doctor said you're keeping you're occupying beds which could be occupied by a cancer patient It was very simply put that way you know because it's very clear now as we know but isn't that incredible the the uh, the Chilean study showed if you don't take the vaccine you're twenty-fold higher risk of dying from covid a huge difference there so I- as ever, vaccination and the booster shots, of course, are the way to protect you from, from COVID.
0: Now, the end of the pandemic, it appears, is nigh, uh, but, of course, a new variant might change all of uh, that. Um, so th- the reason that it will, f- the numbers will fall off a cliff uh, are probably multifold.
1: They are, yeah. I mean, I mean, there was a great piece in The Lancet this morning, Pat, which I read, actually. It said, after the Omicron wave passes... COVID will return but the pandemic won't in other words we will now have an endemic endemic virus so the pandemic is effectively coming to an end we're getting very close to calling that especially in Europe obviously in Ireland in particular Pat, we're doing so well aren't we other countries the cases are still very high like in Germany for instance massive case numbers still but that wave will pass and once the wave passes the pandemic effective, has effectively come to an end and the virus becomes endemic which means it comes back now and again of course we still don't fully know we always say that with the caveats don't we but all the signs Are that it's coming to an end. And remember, Pat, it's now like the flu, effectively. Uh, the reason for that is um, Omicron is 50% less hospitalizations than Delta, 90% less death, you know. And then when you have the vaccine and the antiviral, it's less dangerous than flu, you know. So in other words, we're now seeing it as a kind of a, a bad flu season every so often might crop up. And that will be caused by, by, uh, by COVID-19 rather than flu, you know. So again, every, every country in a way is saying, look, we're now moving out of the pandemic phase in the coming weeks. Of course, the developing world is different. Uh, some countries are still doing very bad so the pandemic hasn't ended globally but certainly in Ireland we're coming to the end of the the pandemic is the way to think of it all the evidence uh, points to that
0: So this is the way it's going to end we're going to get these numbers you know thousands every day reducing uh, to fewer thousands and eventually hundreds uh, and that'll be it is it basically because so many people will have had it?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, everybody will catch Omicron, they're saying, remember, because it's so contagious. If you haven't had it yet, you're probably going to get it, you know, but it's a lot less dangerous. I mean, that's the key piece of information, especially if you're vaccinated and boosted. And then when we have the Paxlovid antiviral as well, that will be given first to high risk people that will be available first for that population, obviously, to protect them. You know, when you put all that together, this becomes like any other infectious disease that can be handled and, and prevented with vaccines, of course, and then treated with the antivirals. So the vista really is is optimistic in the next few months as we say though the two concerns are a new variant so we keep a very close eye on that Uh, now if that does happen there's good evidence you should have protection anyway I mean, clearly the vaccine and the booster should protect against the new variant. And then prior infection, but another great study, there's still all this science happening, remember, great study yesterday in the journal Cell. If you're vaccinated and infected, that gives a massive protection against this virus and will most likely protect you from any variant, you know? So again, we now know the immune system is doing its job, basically. It remembers an infection and then protects you from reinfection. And that will possibly, hopefully, include any new variant. But again, we don't know. A very malignant variant could crop up. So that's the the one concern that we have of course, I'm just keep a very close eye on that.
0: Now, tell me what is post-COVID stress disorder?
1: Well, that's, now, that, the debate moves on, Pat, amazingly. I mean, so can you imagine if this now becomes an endemic virus? What will the world look like? People will still have worries and mental health issues. We've been harmed by this virus, haven't we, over the past two years? And that's things like people are frightened to go back into the workplace or maybe go to a party or, or socialise again. And the message I'm seeing this morning as well is, please try to go back to normal because, now, obviously, in the next few weeks, we've got to be slightly cautious. But over the, over the next, say, three, four months, people should begin to go back to normal they should begin to relive their lives again. And that means socialising. You know, when you—I don't. You, Pat, if you see the TV and you watch, a, say, a race meeting, and you, the crowds unnerve you now, don't they, when you see them on the screen? We should worry less. I mean, that's the message overall now because we're going to come out of this, really. But there will be still a level of almost like post-traumatic stress will be a feature, you know. And then secondly, then we have the long COVID concern going on for months and months as well. They're the two sort of medical, if you like, issues that we need to keep an eye on in the coming months rather than dying of an infectious disease it moves moves into the more kind of, um, you know, psychological aspects,
0: I guess. Yeah. Okay. So if you were told there was a bit of the common cold around, um, uh, you, know, you wouldn't do anything about it. You just live your life normally. And you're saying we're going to, in a few weeks' time, we should get back uh, to that situation. But here's uh, the most important thing, what governments should do now, because uh, they've got to wind down their restrictions. But equally, If some new variant comes along, we should be better prepared to know what they're going to do
1: yeah exactly yeah the the word at the moment is and in fact Trudeau last night on on Canadian television was kind of saying this governments need to do two things now clearly map out the way out you know very and we're going to get that from the Taoiseach I think aren't we on Friday or tomorrow apparently so clearly map out our exit from this now in the coming weeks that's really important Um, and then secondly to say but it could go backwards if the following things happen they might have to reintroduce restrictions if a new variant crops up in other words you want to get trust I suppose is the word say look we are coming out of the pandemic these are the actions we're going to take you know, to bring us back to normal again, but it might go off the boil if the following things happen. That's the kind of key message there. And certainly no more lockdowns, uh, no more mask mandates, no more need for vaccine certs. That should be all laid out very clearly under the following conditions, you know, to bring people along, you know. And then be ready and say, look, we are not fully out of it yet. We need to be a little bit more vigilant for the moment, you know. <laughs> but that's the scenario that we're looking at. That's what governments need. That's the overall view what governments need to do.
0: So they should be saying, um, this is what we're going to do as the pandemic winds down. But if something happens, uh, these are the markers uh, at which time we will uh, maybe restore some restrictions, that kind of thing. So so people know.
1: Exactly, yeah, yeah. But but you wouldn't have a lockdown again. That can't happen again, basically. And those really strict... Sort of guidelines—they can't happen either. So again, clarity is needed now more than ever. And again, to bring the people with you, and then also say, "Look, there's great hope now. Massive optimism now. We've been through two years of a nightmare in every country, haven't we? And because of science, because of vaccines and therapies and testing and all the things we've discussed endlessly, these have all worked basically. And now we can deploy the skills that we have if we we, we use science to keep an eye on the future as well, of course. And then the following things might happen if it goes wrong. But it should be a 90% positive message from governments now. Really
0: given all the progress that's been made. Now, uh, lots of questions coming in. Uh, uh, can you ask Luke if it's possible to catch COVID from someone who's infectious if you walk past them when indoors, but they are wearing a mask? That's obviously someone who <laughs> had that experience. But yeah, if they're wearing a mask, well, what kind of a mask were they wearing?
1: It is, with Omicron, it's so contagious, but Omicron, but as we know now, it's one of the most contagious viruses ever it looks like, incredibly, you know? But thankfully, it doesn't make you as sick because it can't affect your lungs. That, that's the real discovery of Omicron. It doesn't really get to the lungs. It is, it is like a bad cold, effectively, in most people. and some will get sick, of course. That's not downplay the importance of severe disease in a minority. But it's so contagious. You could easily pick it up off someone walking past them, you know? But not nothing nothing, shouldn't be especially frightened because certainly if you're boosted, your immune system will, will give you huge protection and it won't get you lungs anyway you see so that's why omicron is so important because it allows further immunity to build up in you if you're infected now you shouldn't go and get yourself infected that's not advised you know but uh, but certainly you shouldn't be that fearful of it
0: Uh, here's an interesting one my 25 year old daughter had all the symptoms of covid over christmas and new year and again a lesser dose about a week ago but tested negative on all occasions using antigen tests Therefore, can't she get a booster now? She works in a school, so she would be delighted if she could get the booster. That's from Vera. Now you're in a situation where you caught COVID, but you were boosted just before. Before the booster may have uh, done its I work. Was, yeah, I was, yeah, so unlucky.
1: but <laughs> well, I was unlucky today. So you know, uh, there was the days. Yeah, after but did you come to any harm? Did you, you feel?
0: It. Did you feel worse because you'd have the booster and the infection? That's really, I suppose, no, what's it was worrying very mild. Vera. Anyway,
1: thankfully. You know, it was mild anyway, because, I mean, two shots were still protecting me, remember. Uh, the waning was really to do with, you know, really sort of like death, for instance. There was no waning in terms of risk of dying here with the two shots anyway, you know. It was more to do with moderate disease. So, But I was a bit unlucky. I got, it was ironic, wasn't it? I had the booster, and, and then I tested positive the next day. Seven days later, if, the, if it caught it, I might not have tested positive because the booster would have protected me, is the way to think of it, you know. But that person sounded like they had a regular cold. They, they, they didn't have COVID. Remember, the symptoms overlap a lot
0: with the common cold. So
1: so it's not that surprising someone would have symptoms that look like covid but it turns out not to be covid.
0: Mm. Uh, This is a a long one here about uh, working in Vietnam. My two and a half year old daughter first tested positive on the 29th of December. It was a routine pre-departure test. No one had symptoms at the time. Sick for two days after this, but has been symptom free for 20 days now. Both myself and my wife both had it at the same time. We are negative now. The issue is that we live and work in Vietnam. We're just home for Christmas. We need to get back ASAP. Is there anything we can do to ensure that my daughter no longer has any trace of COVID on PCR? Tests. We're currently giving her vitamin D spray and regular nasal sprays. Sadly, Vietnam will not accept proof of recovery. So we must have a negative PCR test. And I think the point there, Lucas, we've said before that a very sensitive PCR test will show yeah. the remnants of the virus.
1: Yeah, I was a bit concerned I coming to Canada, because if I had a PCR test, like, I may have tested positive, because it, it does linger for weeks and weeks, the signal there. Cause it, it picks up tiny amounts of bits of the virus, you know. But the trouble is, you can be PCR positive, and yet you're not infectious, you know. That's why Canada allows a recovery cert, because they've, they've recognised that, you see. Uh, the Vietnamese haven't, obviously. I, I'd be, if I was in uh, any, any influence on the Vietnamese government, I'd say allow a recovery cert, because it's just as good, really, you know, as a PCR test. Anyway, but that's the trouble, the PCR is so sensitive that it could pick up virus and yet you're not infectious and that's a bit unfair on the person then, isn't it? You know, The antigen test is obviously better because it picks you up, picks it up, picks up the virus when you're infectious. You know, That's a slightly better way to do it in a way. But some countries are still insisting on PCR testing because it's more reliable in a way. You know.
0: All right. Well, Luke, uh, um, I continue on your travels. I don't know. Will you be back with us next week? Uh, yeah, so, I'm back. I'm back
1: w- on, on Sunday. Back, yeah, Back in Ireland again. Very
0: good. We welcome you back with open arms and perhaps our local hostelries will be open normally next week. No, we're looking forward to that, aren't we? I can't (laughs) wait for that
1: announcement. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Professor Luke O'Neill, thank you very much uh, for joining us.